Welcome to the stream, a bi-weekly podcast from myself, Chelsea Frisbee, and my co-host, Anna Janiszewski. We stream our thoughts on mindfulness, mental health, self-care, spirituality, and all the ways we move through life. And today, I'm sharing with you a conversation that I had with the amazing Kate Marsiglio of Stony Creek Farmstead in Walton, New York. We are going to be collaborating together on a group women's retreat in May, and it's just such a joy to share space with other women who share that similar feeling of connection to the earth. So you'll learn more through our conversation about what Kate and her partner Dan are working on at Stony Creek Farmstead, why farms, education, and this type of experiential connection really matter, and just some really beautiful stories about what happens when you invite people into a space. Thank you so much, Kate, for being willing to be interviewed yeah, thank on you. the show today. Um, I'm here with Kate Marsiglio from Stony Creek Farmstead in Walton. And I like to start my interviews with just this question about what brings you into your heart. Hmm. What brings me into my heart? Um, uh, well, the first step is like I usually probably need to be outside. So I really love being outside. Um, and I think it may, it has a lot to do with my personality, but I am most in my heart when I'm working with my hands, working, you know, even like just touching things. So if it's inside, I'm cooking or, um, I used to knit a lot before I started farming. (laughs) So I was knitting or, you know, something that keeps my hands busy enables me to feel like the most present or the most at peace or happy I don't know I guess being in your heart has different meanings for different people but um you know I throughout my days working on the farm and being a mother you know I know that when my hands have been busy or I've been holding something or um yeah working Mm, yeah I love that like transition from like if it was taken up with knitting before mm-hmm. and then you found like another <laughs> yeah. another avenue for it exactly go somewhere <laughs> lots of other things mm, that's great would you tell our listeners a little bit about stony creek farmstead and what you do there sure so at stony creek farmstead we um, have a farm so it's a small farm lots of different animals we have a beef herd we have a flock of sheep we raise pigs and we raise chickens throughout the summer Um, Sometimes we raise turkeys, too, for Thanksgiving, and we have a laying flock, so we have eggs. And we also grow a small amount of organic vegetables. Um, We started doing that when we moved to this area. Dan and I moved to this area, and for the first five or six years, we were really just like a market farm. So we would sell at farmer's markets. And then um, taking a look at, you know, income and what we needed to help the farm survive and be able to make an income... And also where our individual talents lie, um, we decided to take on this extra layer for the farm, which was agritourism. So having people come and stay at the farm overnight. And now we've been hosting families and friends um, here at the farm as overnight guests for the last 13 years. Wow. So it's been a long time <laughs> that we've been doing that. We were sort of some of the first one of the first farms to do that in the nation in sort of like a, a big way. I think a lot of farms maybe have always had like a little bed and breakfast attached to them or had people come stay. 
um, maybe in like a small cabin or something. Um, but we host groups of families, you know, we have, um, four, five, we have six tents, um, where people come and stay. And a lot of people come through the weekends through the season. Um, but we've also started to see a lot more week long stays and, um, yeah, it's been fabulous to be able to share the farm with other people. And it really allows me to use my background in education and being able to share the farm with people. And then Dan has been the person who has sort of designed and built all of the pieces of the farm stay and the farm. So it's kept us busy. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> How many people, like in a typical season, will come and stay on the farm? Um, we think probably somewhere between 300 and 350. Um, well actually, no, a lot more people cause it's really like 200 and so families. Um, and some of them are actually groups, you know, cause I would look at my bookings for a year and it'd be like 200, but maybe some of them have rented all of the tents. Right. Um, so we estimate somewhere between like 500 and 750 people, you know, coming through the farm. And that doesn't include... Like our farm tours are open to the public and we also do a pizza night every Saturday night that's also open to the public and a lot of members of the local community, they come to that as well. And so we get an amazing blending of, you know, local people and also people coming up just from the city or from somewhere else. Yeah, I went to one of your pizza nights. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, it's really fun. So great. And then, so the farm stays, what are people actually doing when they're here? Just relaxing and enjoying this place. Yeah, when we first opened, um, there was an article that ran in the New York Times and they, they tried to make it sound like we were Tom Sawyer and people, you know, where they were like coming and paying here and then we were making them work on the farm, you know, and that's just, any person who runs a farm would laugh at such a concept because it's so much more work to try to show somebody how to do what we do, like in, you know, in an hour and actually get them to do anything of use it's just not even worth whatever fee they would pay <laughs> to come right. stay. It would be so much easier to just do it ourselves. So um, they really, the emphasis is really on um, spending time with family because there's no electricity and they don't really have Wi-Fi or internet or anything like that in the tents. Um, and then the good food that the farm grows and then also other local farms. We have all, all sorts of local products in the store. And so it's food family and then just time in nature and being outside and um, enjoying the amazing place that we live in. Yeah. I love just thinking of the, the, the scale that you mentioned of like that many people coming and it's having a, like those meaningful experiences and like coming back year after yeah. year, I'm sure. But then also I could imagine like being opened to this other way of thinking about where their food comes from and thinking about like how, or even like having the experience in their body of like how different it is to spend yeah. time in the woods or, you know, walk through the fields or yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I get, um, there are a couple of things that I really, um, want to make sure that everybody gets the opportunity to do when they come here. Um, and I get a lot of, let me turn this off for a second. It's driving me nuts. Let's just power down. Yes. Um, there are a couple of things that I really want people to do when they come. The first one is, and I get a lot of questions from nervous parents who are like, oh, uh, what's the schedule? What will our kids be doing? You know, they really want to know like hour by hour 
when was when is the berry picking? When are the canoe trips? When are the you know? And I I I try to you know, really deflate all of that. I try to just take the air out of those concerns and explain to them um, their job is just to come with their kids and come prepared for the weather, you know. So if it's rain or cold or hot, um, they can just be ready to embrace that and that the kids will be fine. They'll figure it out. And they do every time because there's a creek to play in and there are fields and there are chickens to chase around and there are dogs and cats to love and there are you know, hikes to go on and kids really just want those things and their parents. And I've watched time and again, it happens every weekend, I watch it happen where they arrive, everybody's very nervous, you know, they're unsure of what's gonna happen, but they have given themselves over to this experience together. Um, and the best thing they can do is come with like this open, open heart. And they really, all of my guests really impress me because they always do it. And they're always by the end, you know, it's like 48 hours and there's been this amazing turnaround of just like, this was the best thing we've ever done. I can't believe this. And you're right, families come back year after year. We've had some families come for like 10 years running. So it's as if their kids have grown up here. Mm -hmm. You know, every time they get out of the car, they know where to go. They know the animals. They ask me how they can help. Um, you know, it's just really... Uh, it's really special and it, it has made me feel like um, our farm is much bigger than it is in many ways you know a lot of people like to ask like do you oh, sorry are your kids gonna farm are your kids gonna be doing this and you know my first answer is I, I don't know like they're you know 15 and 17 how could I know what they're gonna do they don't know what they're gonna do um, but you know, Dan had said recently to me when somebody asked that question he's like Kate hey, we have lots of kids like maybe one of them will come, you know, and, and it's true. We've, we've started like an apprentice program. And so we have high schoolers here, a ton of high schoolers come last year and some of them are working hourly and others are volunteering here. Um, my niece has come from, you know, from Virginia and from Georgia, you know, over the last three years, she's come and spent like two weeks and then two months and then three months this past year. So, um, I like to think that we're, we have long, big arms that are sort of scooping up lots of people. Yeah, the word that just came into my mind as you were talking was just like connection. Like yeah. Building this network of connecting people to each other and to the land and to the mm -hmm. farm and like how lasting yeah. those connections must be because of just like the depth of experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they are definitely very lasting. We've had some families like buy houses on the road and, you know, in town, um, just because they want to be here more and stay connected. Um, I feel a little bit like it's cheating to take any credit for that. Cause I feel like it's this place that's pretty magical. Um, you know, Delaware County in particular, I, this place, these few hills that we live in and the Creek that we get to you know, bear witness to, I don't know, I feel, I feel special every day that like I walk out of my house and I get to be a part of this landscape. Um, you know, people are always like, this is the best soup I've ever had. This is the best pizza. I've, I'm I really, I'm like, I think it's just, it's the place, you know? And I think, um, I think it's just, it's that loss of connection that people, people are suffering from in some ways. I think that, um, to, and I think they rediscover it here. And I think all we do is just allow them to rediscover mm -hmm. it. You know, it's like we provide this place, you know. Right. I mean, we put the food on the table and, you know, we opened our door, but. 
Yeah, I mean, you invited people, right? Like, you made a conscious decision that <laughs> yes. this, this was going to be part of Right, right. I, I can take credit for that part. <laughs> mm. um, I, I really connected with, there's a quote on your, your website mm. that I wanted to read um, from Wendell Berry. Mm-hmm. A community is the mental and the spiritual condition of knowing that the place is shared and that the people who share the place define and limit the possibilities of each other's lives. It is the knowledge that people have of each other, their concern for each other, their trust in each other, the freedom with which they come and go among themselves. Such, I hadn't come across that, that Wendell Berry quote. Um, I know. He's an amazing writer. He really is. Yeah, can you tell me more about why this is meaningful to you? Um, I, I might need a moment. <laughs> Um, I feel like, I feel like anything is possible. I'm one of those people who I, I sort of wake up every morning as a new person. I mean, sometimes I'm exhausted and don't want to wake up or whatever. Don't have any bread to make my kids sandwiches, but (laughs) life goes on. And I still think every, you know, anything is possible. And I really, um, yeah, his writing strikes a chord with me because he is, he he's always been very rooted in place. You know, he was a multiple, a child of a multiple generational family farm and Kentucky. And, um, I think he, that was always really meaningful to him being in a place and caring for a place and knowing a place. Um, and I think for me, after having been here, well, there's like this other part of my background. It's like, I grew up as a military kid. And so I moved all over all the time. Um, and so I, being here now, I'm able to see the value of caring for a place and, and how it contributes to my life. And I, you know, contribute to this place. And I, I think that's true of the human beings that we are sharing spaces with too. Um, yeah, and I think... I, uh, I love the idea that um, my neighbors are, they increase my capability to do something and we help each other out, but that we are also limit, we are, we're limiters, you know, if, if my neighbor, whatever, you know, however we work together, they, we can both lift people up that are around us and we can also push them down. Um, and I think that speaks to not just, you know, close by but also worldwide um and i think i don't know i think in a time when we can all feel very overwhelmed about things that are happening so far away and the you know the national news and all of that i feel my focus has always been to think about my local place about what i can do about what is my reach um how can i help a neighbor or you know a friend um because that makes me feel powerful and it helps me, you know, it helps me feel like I've made a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I share that, that, uh, just like value and relationship with place. Yeah. That, um, I've, I've learned a lot in the last couple of years about that, like reciprocity of like, oh, it's not just like me with my ideas it's like oh no I'm like walking the fields of my grandparents farm and like 
getting ideas that like they didn't come from me right right you know and like being able to kind of co-create yeah um in a way with with place it just feels like such a magical yeah possibility Mm -hmm. um yeah there's there's so much there and then you know coupled it feels like with with what you and dan have created here that vision of like like bringing people to the place and Mm -hmm. like having their energies co-create and coexist here and then like ripple out into Mm -hmm. back into wherever they came from. Yeah. Like that's really, really powerful. Yeah. It's pretty special. Yeah. I always tell people when I walk outside, even if there's nobody here, I never feel alone. You know, I always feel like I, you know, whether it's because I have, you know, I know the plants or I know, you know, the hillside or even the weather can feel familiar. And, mm. um, yeah, I, I really love sharing that with people. Like I, I, I mean, we, I, I do a farm tour every Saturday and it's like an hour and a half, two hours. Sometimes I feel like I could just keep going for the whole day and just keep me talking, like to be able to walk the fields with people and talk to them, um, it's uh it's like it's the classroom I've created you know like I I didn't really make it as a teacher in a public school because I felt like I just couldn't even find the words that I wanted to find in order to talk to people um but being able to walk around and talk to people about their lives and their thoughts while also you know being on this this place you know the farm and then, like, making pizza for them and talking to them about the food and how... I mean, it's it's a really... It's a privilege. Mm. What are what are some of the, like, meaningful experiences you've witnessed other people having on the farm? Hmm. Um, I really love... I love watching parents have to follow their kids around or follow their kids lead um this year it was the chickens they were crazy all of the kids were crazy about the chickens this year which doesn't happen every year it's sort of always different um and we have a little like flock of chickens down by the tents and uh, you know all of the kids just love carrying the chickens and holding the chickens and um you know parents really have to would just be at ease with it because otherwise it would be all day every day that they were asking their kids to just stop chasing the chickens or please with chickens don't do the chicken put the chicken down we're having lunch you wash your hands chickens you know I mean it's been really fun to watch um yeah just to watch parents be able to relax and like take kind of a back seat um because it's safe here and you know they really enjoy being able to like let their kids just go um that's really fun I really um I have a one I mean a couple I've had a couple kids that have basically grown up here on the farm and they came and spent some summer some time this summer here with us like just without their parents it was like a home exchange which was really fun um and they got to see, you know, you watch them see themselves in the farm in, like, this whole new light. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm not good at remembering exact 
stories. There may be too many at this point. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, like the themes, too, that I'm sure mm-hmm. you see come up. Like, yeah. Like, this year it was the chickens. This year sure it was the chickens. Year it was something else. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing to watch people. I mean, we often have a dairy cow that we're milking for our own home use, and people love being able to partake in that. And um, it's just amazing how little people actually know about the food they're consuming. Um, you know, most, you know, I mean, one of the things I really try to get everybody to do is eat something from the garden when we're doing the tour. Mm -hmm. So seasonally we can do that. It's, it's a little more difficult on the further ends of the season, but, um, yeah, I mean, people have no idea that, you know, garlic grows in the ground and carrots grow in the ground or that broccoli is a flower. I mean, all of those amazing moments, um, and I get some crazy questions. <laughs> They're so funny. I mean, one child has asked me if pizza grew on, on a plant, which I was like, um, okay, I know we serve pizza, but we don't grow the pizza plant. Oh. What could, how, what would that even look like? <laughs> well, and that must be such a good, like, integration point for, like, to have the taste mm-hmm. element of it. You know, I'm just thinking yeah. about how, how we we learn things and so then to like have the like oh there's the carrot there's like yeah my my taste buds like Mm -hmm. engaging and Mm -hmm. remembering and then like that'll yeah assume stick because absolutely then when you're in a grocery store and you see a carrot you know it's sort of like that learning happens on another level yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think i'm countless parents have said to me you know while we're in the garden maybe we're it's a green bean that we're picking and they're blown away. Like they can't believe their child just put a green bean in their mouth. Like they've never, they won't eat. They've never even tried, you know, or my God, it's, but it's right here. It's partially that they're doing it. It's, you know, it's an experience. It's also, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible how so many of those connections have been cut from us. And so then, you know, I mean, I even feel that way walking in a grocery store sometimes. I'm like, I actually don't want anything in here. I don't know what to do, <laughs> but I know I'm supposed to walk away with something. Right. <laughs> like, what? I don't really understand what, yeah, it's, so I think it's really important to like reestablish food as, you know, what it actually is, which is things that grow, you know, that we eat. Yeah. And like that food in itself as connection to the earth, just right. like this basic, yeah. uh, I don't do this all the time, but I've started when I, I sit down to a meal, like trying to, to think about each part of mm-hmm. where the food and like where it was grown, like even just thinking like what the plant looks like. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when I get into like spices, I'm like, I have no idea what a cardamom plant, right. you know, <laughs> right. I, I know most plants in right. general, right. but like there's still things still that things. I don't know that Absolutely. I take for granted that like I do just buy at the grocery store and then... Yeah it sort of challenging, like challenges that, um, I love that inevitability or like thinking, just taking things for granted. Yeah. I'm like, no, what does that look like? Right. And then wanting to find out more. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. When we lived and worked at the meeting school, it was a tradition because we had a community kitchen and we all ate our lunches together. And then, um, as a staff member, you had to cook dinner for 60 people every two weeks oh, wow. <laughs> it was an amazing learning experience but it was a tradition that before every meal the cook stood up and explained like 
this is the chicken, this is the, you know, these are the part of the parts of the meal that we grew here, and these other parts, you know, are not from here, or they're from, it was mainly in recognition of the things that we had grown, but that yeah. is definitely something we've tried to sort of maintain, especially when I'm serving for groups, or if I'm serving for kids, you know, that are here camping, or whatever, I, I try to help them know what it is that they're eating, and where it came from. Yeah, that's also something my grandma, she doesn't do it as much anymore, but um, she'll, growing up, it was always part of like the family meal ritual was like, oh, we're having Frisbee potatoes and, you know, Frisbee beef and like, and now, now I do that because it is, it's important. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I imagine the farm is kind of slowing down maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. for the winter. (laughs) What, um... What are you like? What's what's in the the future or the short term horizon for the farm? Right. So, um. So yeah, we close the farm's day that like the third week in October. We will be doing. We butcher turkeys and we'll be delivering turkeys and having turkeys for people here at the farm for Thanksgiving. And then, um, yeah. Then we have sort of like three months, three and a half months of rest and planning and sort of office work. Um and trying to get ready for next year. And we're hoping to, I don't know if we'll open more tents next year, but we have another project on another piece of land that's almost connected to the farm. It's adjacent to the farm. Um, and we plan on sort of doing everything that we do here and doing it sort of in a more official way. Cause this sort of this, everything that's here has grown very organically. Um, but we'd like to, build like a farm education center and Mm. be able to have room and housing for an apprentice program and be able to teach people more about farming and how to farm um and then be able to host just larger gatherings you know we don't really have an indoor space so we'll be putting more tents up there and hopefully a big beautiful barn that will serve as like a place to gather which will be really great um yeah so that's in the works. We're going to be working on like a fundraiser and um, Dan always wants to redo our website every winter, which seems we get we get to it at some point, but it doesn't happen every year. Um, but it's hard. There's a lot of like keeping up with technology and stuff that like we try to save for this time of year that we have to do. But we'll be putting together hopefully some sort of um, crowdfund campaign to help us start with that project. We've already invested quite a bit of money. We have more tents on the way from South Africa. That's where the canvases are made. And Oh yeah, tell um, people a little bit about the tents because I, oh, I yeah. feel like if, if they have never seen a photo of it, they right. just have their own image of what a tent is. <laughs> and I've been is. in one and it is not like <laughs> Not that. a tent. I know, the tents, we've been trying to come up. If anybody has an idea for a really <laughs> good name, we need to come up with a creative name. I, I've been through it many times, but they have hardwood floors um, canvas sides and a roof, canvas roof. Um, but they have a flush toilet, they have beds, you know, and it sort of feels like they have their own bedrooms because there are sort of some walls between the rooms. Um, and then there's sort of a full, fully, well, it's like a fully, uh, equipped kitchen. So there's a sink, there's a wood cook stove. Um, you get a, a portable butane burner. There's a charcoal grill, um, and you kind of have all the various pots and pans and utensils that you need for some basic cooking. Um, and yeah, people really love them and they're, 
the new ones now have a lot more light in them and um yeah, we continue to call them tents because I like to keep people's expectations fairly low. I don't want them to think that they're coming to like a cabin that will have no spiders, you know, like mm-hmm. there are definitely spiders and, you know, we keep things cleaned up. We sweep and make sure everything is lovely and people are always really happy, happily surprised. Like, oh, this is what we're saying. This is amazing. Um, so that's, you know, we don't, we want to make sure that people don't come expecting the Ritz-Carlton <laughs> because it doesn't exist here. Um, yeah, but it's, they're, they're pretty comfortable. They, I'm sure you've heard this before. They remind me of the Harry Potter tents. Oh, no. Like, really? Oh, That's yeah, you amazing. You like, walk it, you know, I mean, oh. it looks, I don't know, it's just like, it had that, like, ooh, this is, like, magical feeling, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> That's it, awesome. It has a lot more in it than you would think was possible. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Sort of like a Mary Poppins bag. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's so fun. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I have to. I I think I watched Harry Potter maybe once. Yeah, I think it's in like the fourth book, book. maybe where they it does you know on the outside it looks like just a regular tent, tent but then right. you walk in and it's obviously like oh, been fun. magically enhanced. Right, enhanced. <laughs> it has rooms and you know, amazing. It feels like a an indoor living space yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. People are always. You know, they're concerned about the rain. What it's it's gonna rain all day. What will we do? I'm like, I don't know. You either get wet or you'll stay in your tent and it'll be okay. And people are always they're like pleasantly surprised at like how nice it is to just sit in the tent all day <laughs> for most of the day. You know, so Yeah. I imagine too that like I don't know, I do that sometimes where I look at my phone and I see, you know, raindrops on mm-hmm. the forecast. I'm like, oh, it's going to rain. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> of course, it's like always fine. Right, always. <laughs> but like having that experience of, of like not having a lot of other options to be like, oh, like, right, we're just here and like it's okay that it's raining. <laughs> it's right, like, right. Like building those new neural pathways of right. like, right, this is just nature and like we're actually a part of it. And right. We're, we'll be okay even if it's yeah raining. yeah I mean some of my favorite moments on the farm are a Sunday morning when it's raining and like we've had a busy Saturday everybody's very happy but like they're all just still in their tents like kind of asleep or like barely you know because the rain falls on the tent roof and it, you can it kind of just like keeps you sleeping it's very peaceful like it's just it's a really it's a it's a big exhale for me that moment I'm like oh it's so nice like everybody's very happy and comfortable and (laughs) it's amazing I also love seeing kids like splashing around and you know just being soaking wet and loving being outside in the rain I mean Mm -hmm. kids have gone swimming in the rain and swimming in the rain is great it's so fun so fun yeah it's amazing yeah so when do you when do you start back up for the season in May the beginning of May yeah, and we host, um, we have a couple school groups that we host, like, for the weekdays in May. Um, we're always looking for new groups to come here and, you know, be able to experience here. When groups come, like, I'll cook for them, and they get to just spend a lot of time together, and we'll do some, we do some, like, educational programming and stuff, but our weekends, last year, our weekends, or this past year, our weekends were, like, all full, which was amazing and really, um, Yeah. It was surprising. They got all booked up, you know, by May. We probably had more than half of our season full already. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's good. I have, I just tried, got a booking inquiry. Somebody wanted to come for Christmas, and I was like, oh, no. 
I don't know how people are still booking for the. I thought we closed those dates down, but they're still sending in requests. It's amazing. I have to tell them, no, you really don't want to be here for yeah, December. <laughs> no thanks. Winter seems like. Yeah. It's good, first of all, for you guys to just to have, have some rest. <laughs> I know. But also that it would be, be much more complicated. Oh, yeah. To, uh, so complicated. Post. Yeah, very complicated. Well, we hope to put like some four season cabins on the new land. That's, oh. in, that's in the plan, the longer term plan. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What, um, if people want to learn more about. Well, yes. how can they get involved and um, find out more information well we have a great website so that's just our name which is stony creek farmstead there's no e in stony just s-t-o-n-y c-r-e-e-k f-a-r-m-s-t-e-a-d dot com so and that has all the information about our stays about um our food you can do um, we do meat deliveries actually all over delaware county throughout oh, cool. throughout the fall and winter um, you can just put an order in there and tell us where you live. I'm actually running a delivery out to Fleischmann's tomorrow. Um, we just have an order minimum for delivery. I'm out and about, and I really like to be able to get our food to local people. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do like winter, fall and winter meat deliveries to the city like once or twice a month. It's my answer to not wanting to be in a market and stand there with my coolers full of frozen meat at a winter market. They're just not. It doesn't work really well. So I'm very happy to knock on somebody's door with an order that they've made, which is great. Or you can put an order in and come visit the farm and pick it up here. Um, And then we also have information about other local farms on our website and um, the opportunity for people to do an apprenticeship or, yeah, group stays, all that. And in the summer, you do the pizza nights on Saturdays? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we do pizza nights on Saturdays. Um, and we're actually working on trying to do like a whole online booking system. But for now, you just text or call and let me know that you're coming so that we can have enough food because I make all the pizza dough. So I have to know, usually by Friday, I like to know who's coming on Saturday and then we reserve you a table. Um, and that's our pizza nights. Um, what else do we do? You mentioned the oh. the tours that yep. you do on Saturdays? Yep, our farm tours are at 11 on Saturdays and they're always open to the public. We ask for a small donation, but it's pay as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also do day camps. So we have five weeks of day camps that I do for local kids. And that's just Monday through Friday, 9 to 2.30. And we have local... You can look at our website and see what we offered this past year, but we had lots of New York City artists come. We did a whole week of like African drumming and dance. Um, we did one that was all theater based and we did like a performance at the end. So it's a whole variety of just like fun on the farm for yeah. kids. I want to do that. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to figure out. I have to do some adult ones. I've, it's been in my brain for many years wanting to do some adult workshops. Maybe that's something we can collaborate on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk more about that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing yeah. all of this amazing, just like rich experiential content that you're creating for people it's it's um i just think really needed in the world and i'm really glad that you have dedicated your your life to or this part of your life to to offering that for others oh it has been it's been a joy it's a lot of work and it takes kind of every ounce of energy that both dan and i have for at least six months of the year if not more um, but like I was saying before, it feels like a privilege 
to be a member of the community and to be able to be present and take care of this place and sort of, you know, reciprocally let it take care of us. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed, enjoyed that interview with myself, Chelsea Frisbee, and Kate Marsiglio of Stony Creek Farmstead. If you're interested in learning more about the group women's retreat called Nourishing Earth, Nourishing Women, that we are co-leading together this May 9th through 11th, 2022, at her farm, Stony Creek Farmstead in Walton, New York, you can head over to my website, which is chelseafrisbee.com group dash retreats. Thanks so much.